Gracious God and Jesus Christ, you come to seek and save the lost. You cover us with mercy and uphold us in times of trouble, even when evil is all around us. You show us a vision of justice and empower us with your own spirit so that we do not lose hope. All thanks and praise to you, O God, as we join together now in worship. For you came to save and set us free in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, today's text from the 8th chapter of Luke tells a story that is both familiar and strange. If you studied the New Testament much or read the book of Luke or, for that matter, the other, uh, Mark and uh, Matthew, for that, you, you have, or if you've been going to church for very long, you probably heard this story of Jesus commanding demons to leave the man that had been long tortured by them and they're being transferred to pigs which rush into the sea. Well, that story has a strange sounding name. Sometimes it's called the, the exorcism or the healing of the Gerasene demoniac. Well, he's called a demoniac because he has demons. And he's a Gerasene because he came from the city of Gerasa. And where is that, you ask? Where's that map you pull out sometimes? Well, you want to know where it is? I'll tell you. We don't know. <laughs> well, not exactly. There are a couple of cities with similar names that are near the Sea of Galilee, but this is clearly a story of something that takes place right on the water, you know, so the pigs can rush into it. So we, don't, we know it's on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee is a 13-mile-long freshwater lake, and it's about eight miles wide at its widest, and it has a maximum depth of 150 feet. Well, because of the high mountains around parts of the lake, a lot of times abrupt temperature shifts would occur, and that would cause sudden and violent storms. In fact, just before our reading starts today, Luke tells us about how Jesus and the disciples were crossing the Sea of Galilee. A windstorm swept down on the lake. The boat was filling with water. They were in danger. But Jesus was asleep. The disciples shout to wake him up. Master, Master, we're perishing. Well, he wakes up. He rebukes the wind, the waves, and the sea, calms the sea. And then he asks them, where is your faith? Well, when they safely reach the shore, they meet a troubled man. He's troubled by, as we said, demons. Nowadays, we would say that he has a mental illness, an illness that, that keeps him isolated, shunned, apart from his community, not to mention not able to make a living or go to the grocery store. Well, uh, one other preliminary note. When Jesus asked the name of the demon, the reply is legion. A Roman legion consisted of about 6,000 battle soldiers and almost that many support personnel, 12,000 people. So this man had many, many demons. Listen now for God's word for us in the 8th chapter of Luke's Gospel. We'll start at the 26th verse. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. 
as he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in the house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, Whatever you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God, I beg you not to torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times that spirit had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break his bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? He said, Legion. For many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them back into the abyss. Now there were on the hillside a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus, let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherds saw what happened, they ran off and told it to the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them, how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight. Our rock and our redeemer. What are you proclaiming? We just read that when he'd been healed, when his legion of demons had been exercised, the man from Garasso went about proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. Well, you know, in the, in the next chapter, the ninth chapter of Luke's Gospel, Jesus will give his disciples power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And in that chapter, he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. But here, in Gentile country, you know it's Gentile country, they got a herd of, of hogs or pigs up on the hill, right? In Gentile country, Jesus commissions this Gentile to go back to his community and to proclaim. Well, to proclaim is more than to say or to speak or mumble or just to mention. If you look it up in Webster's, and you know I did, to proclaim is to declare publicly, typically, insistently, proudly, defiantly. And either speech or writing, 
to announce, to give outward indication of, that is, to show. By how you live, by how you act, by what you do, by what your life shows, what are you proclaiming? And way back, when I was a graduate student at NC State taking developmental psychology, my professor was from New York, coffee, coffee he talked about. <laughs> His main employment was, he was a researcher over the, at that special research section at Dorothea Dix Hospital. Now somehow researchers they often manage to think of questions that ordinary human beings just don't. Dr. Harth, or as he said, Dr. Hyth, Dr. Harth startled our, our class one day early on by saying that the fundamental, the most basic developmental question had nothing to do with the questions addressed in our textbook. The biggest mystery in developmental psychology, he said, was why when the egg got fertilized, got married, you might say. Why did it ever split? Why not just be happy being a fertilized egg? I've reached my peak, right? Why bother to divide and divide and develop and develop specialized cells that become organs and bones and skin and so on? Well, I mentioned Dr. Hart's odd question because there's a basic question asked about this story, for that matter, the healing of the garrisoned demoniac. If you think about why, why were Jesus and the disciples there in the first place? If you go back a few verses, number 22, you read, one day Jesus got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let's go across the other side of the lake. So they put out. It does not say he wanted to go somewhere specific. Let's go over to Gerasa. He didn't say, oh, let's go fishing. I need a little break. He didn't say, oh, it's just nice to go out for a relaxing ride on the water, kind of like when we go kayaking or something. I have a friend who's a former professor and now a pastor who's named David Lose, and he writes, he writes that this boat ride across the Sea of Galilee had no plan or purposes made apparent, just a desire to cross from the familiar to the unfamiliar, from the known countryside of Capernaum and Galilee to the land of the Gerasenes. And to this man, the demoniac. Which means that Jesus' whole point with this detour was to seek him out. And why seek out this homeless, naked man who lived in the tombs, broke the chains and the bonds that his fellow citizens vainly used to restrain him, to restrict him? Well, why? Well, you think about it. It's because that's what Jesus did. And that's what Jesus calls us to do, to seek and save the lost. Now, as you listen to this story, were you a little surprised at the reaction of the people? Here Jesus had healed this man who had roamed about <coughs> naked, who lived in the tombs, was kept under guard, bound, chains and shackles. This man, he was dangerous to himself and others, as we say. But after an encounter with Jesus, he was transformed into a normal person who wore clothes and could be accepted back into his 
community, back into polite society. You might think they would say, well, Jesus, why don't you come set up a, you know, kind of a healing center or something. We can have the healing place in, in Gerasai, right? But no, we read then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. You'd think they'd be more seized by that naked fellow running around breaking chains and living in the graveyard, right? Well, maybe they were seized with fear of the new. A lot of times something's new, it surprises, we're not so sure, right? Maybe they were afraid of more economic loss than that herd of pigs. You know, this is going to be bad for the barbecue industry, right? <laughs> Maybe they were afraid of such great power that they could not control. It was bad enough they couldn't control this thing. And in fact, in this chapter, this eighth chapter of Luke, there are about four anecdotes of, that show Jesus' great power. The one before about the calming, the storm, and then later there's a healing and there's the raising of a dead girl. Well, they asked him to leave. The man who had been freed from his legion of demons, he wanted to leave with Jesus. But Jesus had another mission for him. When Jesus told the garrison man that he had healed, return to your home. And declare how much God has done for you. That man went away proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. So let me ask you again. What are you proclaiming? Thanks be to God. Go now in the fellowship of God's presence. And as you go, remember in the goodness of God, you were born in the providence of God you have been kept every moment of your life in the love of God, fully revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. You and I are redeemed. So now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and every moment in your life. Amen. <laughs>